Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to Ed Arlene's Spiritcast. If you're new to this podcast, we talk about all things related to mindfulness, magic, metaphysics, astrology, tarot, meditation, um, Reiki, basically anything in that realm. And today we have an awesome guest, and her name is Kiara Jean Roberts. She's amazing. Um, so if you want, you can tell our guests a little bit about yourself. I'd love to. Thank you so much. So yes, I'm Kira, and I'm sitting um, in my in my home in Crystal Palace in South London. So far, far away from you, but <laughs> together through voice. So we're just we're we're super connected right now, which is so lovely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, and so of course, 2020 has been such a an interesting and and roller coaster of a year for so many. Uh, I've been very fortunate to be able to continue with my own work. Um, so to give you just a, a little whistle-stop tour of, of who I am and uh, what I'm up to at the moment, I've been running my own business, Holy Aligned, for the past eight years or so after transitioning from a career in banking. Uh, I really wanted to follow my passions uh, around health and, and, and helping people understand that they could find find ways, practical ways and deeply spiritual ways and everything in between to, to help awaken from within. I uh, am really drawn to the tools of yoga. Uh, so I'm a yoga teacher and a naturopathic nutritional therapist. So those are two modalities that blend very beautifully. And interestingly, I find the people I work with on a one-to-one -one basis in yoga, for example, they often don't need the nutrition advice because it starts to come naturally from inside of themselves when they connect with their bodies, which is just amazing. So I, um, I'm also a writer, so I wrote my first book that was published last year. And a, a huge part, and what I often say is my kidneys are amongst my wisest teachers. So uh, I was diagnosed with a strep throat at the age of four that... Um, eventually led to, to the failure of my own kidneys when I was a young teen, necessitated a, a number of years on dialysis treatments. Uh, and then I had the great gift of my first kidney transplant when I was 21. Uh, and, you know, not, although I was very aware, having grown up in Southern Africa, in Zambia, I was very aware of food and just not from a clinical perspective, but just so, oh, you know, when I eat this, I feel really good. And, um, so already had that kind of connection, but also I was I was 21, so I had a bit of wildness and you know, yeah, I've got the freedom now of a new kidney. I'll you know I'll go travelling around the world with my with my best friend and drink loads of uh, alcohol and party, <laughs> and and that's all part of it, right? So um, we we don't want to be too hard on ourselves in our journey because it all runs in chapters and rhythms, and and that 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 that's okay. Uh, I I then had. Um, a bigger awakening, I, I would call it, when I was in my late 30s. So uh, 18 and a half years to be precise, I had a wonderful run with that kidney. I never put a timeline on it. I really felt it was my partner for life and it, it worked really well for a long time. But I also recognize, and this will resonate with you both, because that um, the, the sort of the precipitation of the first kidney going into failure, amazingly, it happened over about three and a half years. Some people wake up and it's gone in a day. So I was very, very, very fortunate because it really let me sit with the stuff that was coming up, which was deeply uncomfortable around the fears of, oh, no, you know, going to have to be back on dialysis or what does this mean? Or, you know, maybe I'll just die and that, that you know. So it just all became a profound 
dance um, with my own darkness and shadow and, and the old stories that I think as a teen, I didn't, I didn't have the emotional tools to be able to um, distill or to alchemize. So I really empowered myself um, through, you know, going off and doing my yoga training eight years ago. So I had that as a tool. Um, and just, you know, to be able to be with the tears and the fears. And it was a great gift. So when I actually did go into um, kidney failure with a transplant, I, it was, I can only really describe it as, as a state of bliss. You know, not that anybody looking at me would, would say she's in a state of bliss, but we're internally, I'm like, okay, well, this is fine. I, because I had had those, those preceding years to really unpick and, uh, and uh, be okay, that it was, I was just in hospital for a week, um, even though it was very, very uh, a near-death experience, if you like, because I, I caught the flu, the kidney was at 10% function, I had nothing in the tank to, to fight the flu, I developed chest sepsis, and so, you know, everything that that would normally be, you know, coming on in, in isolation would have been enough, let alone renal failure, flu and chest sepsis all at the same time. But I was just in hospital for five days. Um, I took the decision to opt for home peritoneal dialysis, which is a different form to the one that I was on as a teen. Uh, and uh, those years were formative for really focusing on birthing more my business and connecting more um, with my passions, one of which, having experienced various uh, experiences in the medical world, and I, again, I'm sure you'll appreciate, and many listeners will, that there, there can be frustrations, that there's a, a too, too much of a reductionist approach. And this isn't, again, to critique anything. It's just to, to be honest that our systems do let us down uh, a lot of the time. Um, so I, I really found that I was able to, again, alchemize my anger uh, at that and to be part of the change so um yeah that I've started speaking at medical conferences and you know getting invited where people are like yay we love what you have to say yeah. uh so I you can never assume that a, a medic even you know a very experienced doctor is, is not going to have an open mind so we have to be really careful where we start projecting our own ideas of people that you know we just keep meeting people where they're at with an open heart but of course that is a huge process and it's always ongoing uh, so that's um that's a whistle stop tour. <laughs> <laughs> I loved, I loved how you said um, meet people where they're at. Like that's a huge huge part of it all because yeah. everybody's not where you are on your journey, and it's important to you know have that tactfulness of it and open mind to see their point of view and for them to try to get yours across. You know what I mean? Yes. So I feel like you had something to say. Oh, no, I just, I was, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, I, I, um, even whenever I listen to your um, TED Talk, one of the things that I really appreciate is the idea of taking, um, like, your energy, like, that pain or anger that you're feeling, and then, as you said, alchemize it, like, turn it into something yes. beneficial. I think that's very powerful, like, you know, just changing it, like, taking that power back Yeah, um, is really, like, cool. Like, one of the things I wrote down that you said from that talk is um, you talked about how we're complex because we yearn for change, yet we fear at the same time. And then yeah. you'd circle back to that. That's powerful. Um, I know, isn't it? I got, like, chill. When you said that. <laughs> I love that. Right out the gate, you that's how you started. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
but I, then you circle back after you you like told this amazing you know journey that you've gone through and you said remember that um you know it's complex being human and it's a daily commitment to come back to being ourselves again and I got chills when you said that too because it is like you know a daily thing that you you have to like do these mindfulness things to remember like who you are and it's a part of it is you know sometimes you get upset or you have these like negative experiences but you can always come back and I'm just I love it. I, everything, everything about your story, everything about it—it's amazing. Because most people would crumble underneath the pressures and the existence that you had to go through, and it's showing that the strength that people can have mm-hmm. if they choose to sw- shift perspectives and see that you're going through these challenges for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like nothing is in vain. There's a reason to every single thing that happens to us or in our existence. And it's just how you decide to use that energy mm-hmm. and let, either let it push you forward or let it destroy you. Yeah. So that's something, this is something <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> it, re- it really is. And, and, and thank you for all that. It's just such heart medicine to, to see that. Cause you never know, you know, like oh, I'll put myself out there and <laughs> my gosh, what's she talking about? So it's it's great that it resonates, and it will resonate with the people it's meant to, right? And that's okay too. Yep. Um, but the whole the whole paradox, the, the paradoxical co- complexity of the human condition, I think it's really important that we allow people to to know that that's the same for all of us, no matter if we're, you know, I'm not the yoga teacher uh, with all the answers. I certainly I have I have the answers for myself, but that is always going to be an inner, inner journey, um, and. What, what is really important in the work I do is that I keep reminding people of that, that this is not about what I want. It's not about impressing anybody else. It's about discovering what you want. And sometimes the hardest question we can ask of ourselves is, what, what, what do I want? Uh, and that can stem from many, many things that we haven't had our needs met growing up. And, um, you know, our belief system has become a bit distorted around trust issues or um, maybe we had an ancestor who was really unwell and then therefore we've taken that imprint on that, oh, you know, health is always going to be an issue for me. That's just in my genes. So it's amazing when we start this inquiry of we start to just catch ourselves and, and the inner dialogue and how how that is indeed. Is it becoming our hero- heroic inner dialogue or is it becoming the, the great saboteur? And we all have elements of both, right? So it's we have to do this work compassionately, really compassionately for ourselves, because then we can we can show compassion for others. Um, and I think these times are really, it's a big shakedown of all of that. And it's very uncomfortable for people, especially if they, if they haven't had the fortune of, of some, just some simple tools, like, you know, come back to the breath or, you know, drink a glass of water, just, it, just simple, simple things, you know? I, I always feel like it, it's like learning how to be, just learning how to be again. Like how, like you said, like, like the statement you said earlier about, um, Mm -hmm. you know, remembering who you are, Mm -hmm. like, I always feel like it's, it's, we're trying to like deprogram, reprogram and like how many people don't have compassion for themselves or like you said earlier about, you know, um, like, what do I really want? Like, that's a question that I feel like everybody faces at some moment in their life. And I, this pandemic situation had me really going through that like what do I really want to my core like what do I want and the simple questions that are usually the hardest to answer yes 
it, it, it's, it is really true. Um, and simple questions are often powerful questions, aren't they? Yeah. And to get, <laughs> to get powerful answers, we have to ask powerful questions. Otherwise, we're not going to get those those wonderful inner realizations that, um, yeah, that that will come in their own sweet time as well. So, uh, and I and I know you both are, are are lovers of Reiki, and I I found just doing, you know, I do I do share it with some people more for like close family and friends, and and occasionally for clients. This is a lovely thing to just weave in, um, and and to have to have something to offer that is just about someone receiving, that they don't have to do anything. They don't have to go off and, you know, okay, I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm going to not eat all those biscuits this time or whatever it is, that it's something that they, they can just lie down, relax and receive. Um, and I, I think often in a modern setting, the reason we've disconnected with our breath is because we keep overriding um, our natural response. So, we go into avoidance um, and all of that is happening outside of ourselves, which makes the breath the profound conduit to bring us to bring us home, to bring us back to the here and now, even if it's full of turbulence and, and difficulty, that the remembering of who of who we really are, we have to do the shadow work in order to do that, to, to, to remember that our wholeness is both the light and the dark. It's it's not just the light. We, we use the light to shine on the darkness so that we can dismantle its hold on us. Oh, oh, that was man. powerful. I know. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm really excited. Like, I'm very grateful that you connected with us because everything that you have said and are saying literally are conversations that we've had. Yeah. It's the alignment is, is crazy. I know. <laughs> the universe is like, <laughs> the universe is like, here you go, ladies. Uh, <laughs> it's so brilliant. I love that. Really, it's just, I feel it. I can feel it. Because <laughs> oh we, we, we've been talking about the shadow healing and how yeah. you have to face the darkness and like, you can't ignore things. You, you need to do the work and do the healing. And that's been a constant um, conversation piece that we've had since March, um, which is interesting. <sighs> I know. Yeah. And like yeah. how that's like a part of, of you too, you know, you just can't ignore it because it'll come up eventually. Wow. Yeah, it, it really will. And so, uh, gosh, I mean, I, and it comes, the whole thing about you've got to keep reminding yourself that it will come in its own time. So, you know, I don't want anybody to start feeling overwhelmed that, oh, no, my shadow is just, an, and what does it mean? That there are ways that, again, you can unpick it, that you can just start to start that honest self-inquiry of, okay, where am I blaming others for my position? Or where, where am I um, having a harsher tone to my voice with certain family members? Or where am I anticipating what somebody's going to say before they've even had a chance to show up? All of this that 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 we all do, or the imposter syndrome. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't. How am I here? I, I don't know how to even navigate this particular client. That you just keep coming back to the breath and keep coming to trust. But I found the work actually of there's an amazing uh, uh, American yoga teacher actually. She's Californian based and she's called Ashley Turner, and I um, kind of linked in in with her. Uh, well, probably in more recent years, I've I've enjoyed her work for some time, but more more connected with her in the past couple of years. And she is a psychotherapist as well as a yoga teacher. And I'm increasingly drawn to the neuroscience of breath, uh, especially working more with medics. When you kind of use that language, it it will land with them. 
a lot better. And, mm-hmm. and to, to remember that we have the capacity to shapeshift. We don't need to just be one thing. You know, mm-hmm. how I show up in a medical setting, if I'm speaking, um, might be different to how I show up in um, a more intimate yo- yoga session that I'm that I'm running with just one person. But it doesn't make make me different. I'm showing up honestly in each one. And a lot of the shadow work that I've done for myself has has allowed me because I did get a bit caught up in oh, I need to be like really um, a really particular and I need to have the right medical vernacular when I speak with medics and actually I've offered a lot of medics free sessions during this time because they freaking needed it that mm-hmm. there's going to be so much post-traumatic stress for medics coming out of this oh and and to be honest what all they need is just someone to to hold space for them they don't, they don't want to start talking about anything else. They want space to talk about how they're feeling or to say, hey, listen, should we do some shoulder rolls? Yeah, that's great. That feels good. That just simple, simple things. Um, so it, it's a reminder that the more you trust yourself, the more you feel confident to show up as you truly are without assuming what other people are going to expect of you. And that does come from shadow work because then you don't, it doesn't matter. It's like you don't mind if people don't like what you have to say the the very fact that you've honored yourself is is the best thing you can do is the best thing you can do so with depth psychology that's what I've started to dive more into through the work of Ashley Turner uh Carl Jung and uh, archetype work um and to do wounded healer work you know where am I carrying my wounds where where is the somatization of that what you know what what's the felt experience how's it being held in the tissues so especially for people with with I don't like the term chronic illness to be honest it's not something that I I tend to use um I much prefer saying my kidneys are amongst my wisest teachers because they are that they've been such how would I know what I know if they hadn't done what they did exactly (laughs) yeah it's it's cat yeah it's like like you were saying can you know can we turn our, our our wounds into our our treasures because they are if we if we choose to see them that way it's not always easy when you're in it to see it that way though oh oh yeah again you've got to be kind to yourself wow okay so you said um the wounded healer work is that what it's called okay so can, can you talk to us a little bit more about that yeah um I mean interestingly a number of gosh it's probably about 10 years ago I think it was around 2010 I had an amazing astrology reading and I've started to understand astrology a lot more as well that you know just the whole sun sign thing you see in the papers is not particularly (laughs) helpful you've got a you know understanding and for your listeners if they're keen on astrology to to even just understand what your moon and ascendant are will give you much better insights into into some of your um, your personality but but this person she, she she did say and I think it's to do with how Chiron is in my chart which is very much about the wounded healer mm-hmm. and I think Chiron is up to all sorts of things at the moment um, so uh, yeah she said oh you, you come in as the wounded healer so th- that is a- again what we can say is your karma is your dharma so your wounds and karma, people get very caught up in. Oh no, this has happened because I'm a bad person. Karma is just simply the law, the the, the law of give and take. It, it's the law of balance. Um, and th- so, can we turn that karma, the wounds, into our dharma? Which is in yoga, our dharma is our purpose. You know, it's that sense of purpose that we've come in to do something, whatever that is. So that aligns very well with the wounded healer. That your karma is your dharma. So can you? 
can you turn your wounds into medicine uh, and, and medicine not just for yourself, but for others. But ultimately, where we are moving towards with a lot more light coming in now and a lot more activation um, at a biological level. So many people's within themselves are finding that, oh, even if they have not been interested in, in turning towards their own spirituality, that now it's like, well, okay, well, there's something going on here that I perhaps need to follow that calling, that you allow yourself to do that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's where we really ultimately want to just not stay in the wounded healer energy either. We want to become the healed healer uh, eventually, you know, so that we're not dragging our wounds about. But again, that's going to be an alchemy. It's it's okay to be in the wounded healer archetype for as long as you need to be. It's just all in the awareness that 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 where am I at? So I'm a massive fan and advocate of drawing upon the tools that resonate. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to be limited, do we? We can use Reiki, we can use numerology, we can use astrology, we can use conversation with loved ones, conversations with elders. I don't even like the term old people. You know, we warehouse our old people, but they are our elders, they have walked before us. So they have so many pearls to offer us if we, if we care to sit at their feet and listen. So there's, so there's so many things. And I love, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Brené Brown, and I know she's a very established figure in, in America, but she's also very popular over here in the UK. But um, she, she talked in one of her, one of her many talks about um, having a meaningful toolkit for yourself. And I can always remember her saying, if shame and coddle are all you have in your toolkit, that's a sorry-ass toolkit. <laughs> <laughs> So, but it is, it's like, and this is where, where people get really upset with things going on. It's like, look, you know, it's the government's fault and it's this fault. And, and I get it, of course. Unfortunately, um, the distortion of power has meant that people who are not particularly self-aware are in very, very great roles of responsibility. And, and, and uh, we need to be part of that shakedown as well. Um, so it, it's, it's been such a big shock at many levels this year that it's it will reverberate for a little while and that's why we really need to kind of go into the the belly of the whale and sit there for a little bit to until we feel ready to to rise up and and that's going to be individual for each person her and i talk about how a lot of these mindfulness practices and you know different different things are like tools like we've said it in other episodes i believe that it's not like a one and done thing. There are tools, like you said, that you can go back to whenever you need it, whenever you need to like get that or learn something. And I um, personally, like I've been exploring like the idea of really like paying attention to things that I wouldn't necessarily have like thought of as like teachers. So like some of the stuff that my friends say, like to actually like listen to them, not that I don't listen, but just like, what can I learn from this conversation? Because I feel like sometimes you receive guidance through just the people you meet or just like casual conversations you have or um, just, I mean, anything really. Well, even just this conversation well, yeah, is, yeah. is, for me, it's I'm getting so many messages, you know, or answers to questions that I've had. And um, just, just from this short conversation, <laughs> like, the universe is really at work right now. I feel like a lot too often people, um, like you said, like, ignore the messages that are coming through your friends, your family, or even just social media. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like like the universe likes to speak to me through Twitter all the time because I'm receptive <laughs> to that. 
Yes, but, and I love I love that. That well, that's how we connected because I was oh, I really like I really like what these girls are doing, and it just it's just the simplicity of what you write. You know, it's just sometimes it is just that one. You know, just a few words that that somebody will read, and you never know. You never you're never going to know the true impact of your work, especially on a platform like Twitter, yeah. where you know thousands, if not millions, are seeing seeing that. Um, so it, it's very powerful, and and that's. You know, yeah, you, you know, follow, follow what feels right for you. Twitter can be a great platform, and, and to just avoid all the noise on there because there's a lot of ang there's a lot of angry <laughs> angry birds out there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of angry people, but um, there's a lot of good people too. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, like you, you you know the whole wounded warrior, like turn your wounds into like your power. We would not be doing anything that we're doing if yeah. we would not have been through or experienced some of the things that we've been through in life. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I feel like we all face this, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, why didn't things work out the w that way? Or why did it have to happen like this? And then eventually down that road, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and earlier you said you find your modality or your outlet that works for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes people will hop on to like what's trending and not really like, okay, well, what if you really want to get into, I don't know, chi or something? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not cool, so you you push that off. Meanwhile, that's what the universe wants you to do. But we're all walking this our own journeys, and we're all going to find what we need eventually, as soon as we're receptive to it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. And, and that, 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 that's, that's so helpful for people to hear that. It's, it's to know that you have receptive capacity uh, and that um, you, the human body is the ultimate portal. You know, we get so caught up in, oh, I've got to go to the pyramids in Egypt. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course not. But that you, your human body is the ultimate portal. So, you know, just to really, really understand. And maybe that's starting at simply understanding where your adrenal glands are. So many people don't even know. There might be, I've had people that have come to my classes. They've been Oxford University educated and they haven't known where their adrenal glands are. So, you know, and in case anybody's wondering, they sit on top of your kidneys. So they're in your back body and they're very important powerhouses for your stress response. So it might be simply starting as that. But, yeah, you make such a valid point. And I think especially, you know, I'm in my 40s now. So especially for people who uh, I, I, I wasn't in my tw in my early 20s, especially, you know, it was just, um, you know, the very basic uh non-smartphone that was just used for texting and calls that's it uh, and I, I that's what I want that's what I want that's how I have my phone set up I don't want to have a whole lot of apps on there but I also appreciate that that's a generational thing so people who are 20 years younger than me for example they're going to be much more exposed to technology and and probably by the very nature of that perhaps more influenced by what's trending mm -hmm. um uh, and sometimes that will work out, right? It's like, oh, I saw that and I followed that and then I had a great time. Um, but yeah, that you cut through the noise. I mean, what, what's your view on younger generations? Because I'd say you're probably a, bit, a, a good bit younger than I am. Um, that, that, you know, do you, do you feel that pressure? Or is, is that something that just feels like, well, that's just the way it is? And I, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't, so it's funny because like, uh, we're from a really big family, and uh, we're the oldest in our family. Yeah, we're the oldest. So we are, like, that generation that, like, like the MySpace and, like, where social media and stuff really, like, got popular. Yeah. And our youngest sister, she um, just graduated from high school. So 
everything her whole life's like the internet you know like she's uh, been on so she doesn't know what it's like to not have um like social media around yeah. and what you said like we we grew up where we were we knew what it was like to not have social media and we've been able to see the positives of it and the negatives of it yeah um or just technology in general like we know what it's like to not have cell phones <laughs> yes yes I feel like um, it's definitely helping with like uh, p- connecting people to um, like spirituality and certain things that weren't conventionally like in their awareness just because you have you can see all these people who are interested in different like healing modalities or different um, practices and you're seeing a lot of positive things from it. So I think it's definitely uh, helped. For me, I think it's like a visual representation of like we're all interconnected, but then you have this literal thing that has us all connected, <laughs> um, yeah. which I think is kind of like cool, like how, what it represents. And, you know, sure, there's like a dark side to it, but there's also this really positive um, yeah. as well. But, um, okay, so you did yoga first, right? And then um, expanded outward into becoming a naturopath. I did the um so I studied naturopathic nutrition first so I was actually still working full-time in banking when I did that three-year uh course so I I did that over the weekends which was lovely actually because around the time it was kind of around the time of the 2007-8 Lehman Brothers crisis where everything just collapsed and working in banking at that time it was nuts it was absolutely nuts uh especially working in credit risk we had a lot of um, it was private banking I was working in, so a lot of private clients lose an awful lot of their wealth. A lot of bankers ending up in, um, you know, on suicide watch and all of this because they had tied so much of their wealth, especially as men, to their their job and their status. Um, so it was an interesting time to navigate to kind of go from uh discussing new deals to okay no new date no do new deals no no debt markets anymore this is all about managing our book and our bad debts uh so it was a very it was a very interesting time so i actually found studying the nutrition such um an anchor and an antidote and a reminder that oh great i can do i can do other things uh i would n- i never regret my banking days i learned so much you know the whole psychology of of teams and also again to just speak up and as a young woman I was already known as oh no you don't want Kira Roberts coming to your desk (laughs) she's gonna hold you to account she's gonna ask you some tough questions but the funny thing is that then I would I made a rod for my own back would have people you know quite senior men coming yeah 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 I know that you're gonna give me a straight answer so can I talk to you so it's funny when you show up authentically people like it uh in whatever in whatever capacity or whatever setting that is. So the nutrition came came first. And then uh, once I had finished that, it, it was kind of, okay, well, wh- what next? Although I'm still in, in banking, um, what can I do next? So I actually moved from one bank to another. So that was another transition. Um, and then, yeah, I started um, planting seeds of doing my yoga training. Uh, and I actually fully resigned. I, I had the intention to... I, I did um, some theta healing, healing training. I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but that, that's another kind of modality that's very interesting, kind of tapping more into the theta brainwave, which, which is where so, so much healing happens anyway, uh, that I, 
yeah, I thought, okay, I'm just going to resign. I'm going to trust that it's going to work out. And from that conversation, um, my, the, well, the global head at the time, who I had a very good relationship with, he was very presidential, he was very professional, he was very calm, very open-hearted. I had the direct conversation with him and he said, listen, no promises, but if we can work out a part-time basis for you, you know, can, can, can you consider that? Which I don't think ever would have happened if I'd not had the courage to just say, I, you know, I need to resign. Um, if I'd gone bleating in, can you give me part-time? I'm not sure how that might have worked out. It might have, but it might not have. So the fact that it came organically gave me a year or so. So they did they did sort, sort the part-time or drop down from a full working week to three days a week, which gave, gave me time to start building my own business um, slowly and organically and, and with discernment. Not all the time, you know, being a, a rookie business owner, you make mistakes and I've only had it happen twice, but two two um, cases of codependency, which I was as much responsible as as the as the person. That when you're working very deeply with people, you have to be really clear on your boundaries and where codependency starts to leak in. Um, so yeah, so it was the nutrition and then the yoga, and then I started to sort of layer all this delicious uh, shamanic. Um, practice into it as well and actually went off to Peru at a time where my second kid uh, my sorry my first kidney transplant was at 16% function but I felt a real calling to go to Peru and do my yoga training there which had a significant shamanic angle so it was a month of immersion in in the deep Andes and sort of dancing around the um the medicine wheel in those weeks there sort of learning about the cardinal directions and totemic animal medicine and nearly you know nearly passing out in a sweat lodge those are not for the same <laughs> especially when you got 60% kidney function but um it was a it was freaking awesome at the same time I thought I thought I literally was going to die but you know the, the, they do say the shamans say you die to yourself in a sweat lodge it's like yes that's okay but I don't want to actually die yeah. <laughs> I don't want that to actually occur <laughs> thank you <laughs> I've got too much to do I'm not ready for that I know it needs to come and that's fine but not yet <laughs> So, yeah, there's just so much to explore. Well, you'll know that once you start diving into to, to these things, there's, there's always more to, to explore and, and to, you know, which trains you want to get on and be on for a little while and where is it going to carry you and who are you going to meet on the way? Oh, yeah. I, I love everything about you. It's just like, <laughs> it's like you're, you're, you are proof that you can decide to change your story if you choose to you can flip to the next chapter you can you don't have to stay in this box you can do the corporate and then you can decide to switch it up and mm -hmm. everything will be fine yeah, yeah. that's yeah. amazing you're amazing i, know. I can't even get over this right I know. now everything about her everything about you oh, it's wow. in total alignment it's freaking me out so bad still like yeah. everything you're about so you so sweet you're so sweet but i, I will say you know having a big pull and a big reason for me resigning from banking was because I wanted to prioritize my health mm -hmm. because it was at a point where the, you know, the kidney was starting to go offline. And I, I get that not everybody will have such a compelling reason. So if, 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 if there's some listeners out there that are like, well, how am I going to do that? I don't, I don't know. I'm too scared. Um, just take it step by step. I certainly didn't jump off a cliff. I, you know, I had done the yoga training, so I, I had, you know, I'd started building my website. So this happened over a period of months and then years. So please don't put pressure on yourself to suddenly pivot. Um, 
it, but but equally, we are very adaptable creatures. So I've been very, very fortunate that all of my work I've been able to take online. And that is the joy of technology. So Zoom is, you know, probably everybody's new best friend when it comes to yoga teaching. Um, so that's been a blessing. And I feel especially with this amazing second kidney that came along in October. And again, the timings of it and all the messages I received, I knew it was coming. I thought it was coming either the 1st or the 11th of November, and it came on the 25th of October. So I was about a week out. But it was just extraordinary that the, just the inner gnosis and the inner preparation and the, the dreams that were coming, um, connecting with um, a very powerful sense of, of a, gar- a guardian angel and just all of these very powerful things. And, um, yeah, so we can... You know, we can show up and talk the medical vernacular to a, an audience of medics, but we can also talk about guardian angels and, and profound dreams and how we can shapeshift uh, and, and use totemic animal allies as our, as our medicine. There's no, li- there are no limits. We don't need to limit ourselves at all. But yeah, I think I really want to emphasize having a health issue was a very compelling reason for me. And I wonder, well, I suppose I wouldn't be the person I am, but if I didn't have that, I, I, don't, I don't know sure what how how things might have panned out but then again you know I came in as the wounded healer so that was always going to be the way it was going to be oh that's amazing um so when you were in Peru is that is that what the um is it curandero yes so that actually came and again you'll understand how things align once you plant a seed it was actually when did I, I went to Peru in 2015 um, the year before, I went to see one of my very best soul sisters and friends. In uh, She's Californian, but she now lives in Mexico. She was living in Oaxaca at the time. Uh, and I, oh my gosh, I just loved it there. We had such a fa- fantastic 10 days together. But there were kind of, she, um, when I came back, uh, sent me a book called Spirit Walker, um, which is a very, very shamanic story. It's actually written by an anthropologist who ended up then having these profound experiences of experiencing who he thinks is him in sort of 200 years time and spirit walker is is a book about you know what he received through dream time um in that so that was 2014 I, i suppose that probably planted a big seed for me to go back to that region um so peru was 2015 then coming back i connected with a a nordic um myth mythological shamanic practitioner who actually lives in south london she's dutch but that was again you know people just come on your path once you start to explore certain realms and and curiosities and then don oscar mira casada came in so he is actually a peruvian curandero which you can think of it as a as a shaman and shamans exist across cultures uh, in different presentations so for example the the south african witch doctor will be different to the Russian shaman, to the Peruvian curandero, but they're all going to have the same innate wisdom that all the perennial wisdom speak of. So Don Oscar is amazing. He um, He's also a psychologist uh, and, and a humanitarian. So he's done a lot of work, uh, you know, around cross-cultural shamanism. So he's very grounded, but he's also inc- an incredible guide to really bring you into so the the course that I'm working through at the moment it's the third third immersion I've done with him since probably around 2015-2016 time um and it's interesting then that I had the sort of near-death experience in 2016 which is probably why I was able to oh okay this is happening this is fine everything's fine um 
but yeah, that that has been really, really a big draw for me. So it's beyond the veil is what the current course is about. So really helping you um, tune in to what is already accessible to all of us, but we've just forgotten the the, the capacity to to be in all worlds, times and places, um, upregulating your inner vision, your third eye, however you know, however wish you you wish to to view it. So that's. We do it, he specifically trains in something called the Pachacuti Mesa tradition. So it's from the North Andes. Um, and he's spent, he's 69 now. He's spent many, many years, um, you know, with with very experienced curanderos. So, you know, he's learned a lot of wisdom from them. So what, what you do and what I did in the first immersion with him a few years ago was you build your own Pachacuti, which is essentially an altar but it's an expression of, of yourself ultimately. That's what you come to realize. But you lay out it, you lay it out in direction so you understand what the direction of south is, west, north, east, and and all the different representations. But I love his work because you know, sometimes you might come across teachers who are very rigid or you know, this is how it has to be done and you need to he's very much so when people are asking questions of, oh, this is how I did it, you know, is it wrong? It's like, no, that's fine. If that's what happened for you, then that's fine. Um so he's very he's very permitting, which I think is very important. Again, you know, when you're entrusting or when you're investing in a teacher, that the last thing you want is to sort of have a whole load of rigidity. Um, but equally, you know, if you've got that rigidity within you, you're probably going to be more drawn to that. Um, so everything is there for its for its reason, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's gosh, that's so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I do want to talk about your book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. we just bought it yeah we just we, we, we just bought two coffees <laughs> so happy oh i hope you enjoy it do let me know if you want to talk about it more you know just offline i'm delighted to do that oh yeah uh, yeah totally yeah. well well okay so well i'll give you uh, again a whistle a whistle stop tour of how it came to be it was actually in 2016 after i'd had that um that transition to home dialysis and I had an amazing a friend told me about um a woman that he he recommended I speak to and I spoke to her and she's probably one of the the most profound people I've spoken to but she's so grounded she used to be a nurse so she completely was saying yeah you totally need to be be going in there and helping those people because they don't they they're just you know they get their their flying wings in medical school and then they're they're kind of flailing you know they need they need they need help um but yeah I had a session with her over Skype actually um soon after it was probably about two months after that I that I started peritoneal dialysis and I, I felt very hopeful and it was a wonderful session and she was you know she was like yeah so so you know when are you writing a book so oh yeah yeah well, I have been thinking about that yeah yeah you need to do it I then started to just map out, map it out. So it started as as a seed planted. I've always wanted to write a book, to be honest. You know, in my 20s, watching Sex in the City, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be Carrie Bradshaw, I'm going to be a writer. But it almost felt too far away from me. So it was kind of, I had to go through the journey to then then write the book um, and have and have the things to share. But even since I've written it, so so much more learning has come in. But it's still it's still an awesome it's an awesome read. So don't worry. Uh, and yeah, so I started mapping it out. Um, 
stuff kind of happened along the way. I got involved in a romance that was, you know, it, it would it triggered a lot of my shadow and I'd called in somebody who was very wonderful but had also come off the back of a very traumatic um the wife of his two daughters had died of leukemia only and you know had a, her funeral had only been a few months before we met um oh. and you know, he was a jazz musician a very 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 charismatic frenchman and we had a great time together but it was just i i did not show up for myself i didn't you know even though i i was just a few months after having had the whole losing the kidney and it, he was in no shape or form to to hold me in that way and i didn't need it either but then I have a pattern of, oh, I'll rescue you. It's okay. <laughs> and then and then my needs get neglected. So I'm very glad he came along because it was a very painful ending. Um, just, you know, there's nothing that he did wrong. He wrote me a beautiful letter and he explained and that was all fine. But it really broke my heart and I had to really sit with some, uh, as my cousin said, you've got to go through the burn. Sorry, you've just got to be with the burn. <laughs> there's no way around it. But that was very helpful. But it meant that it, my writing got parked. So, you know, if you are somebody who's writing a book or planting seeds around that, please know it's a process and you will get, you know, life will happen along the way and that's okay. So it wasn't until the end of 2018 that I submitted my final manuscript. So, um, and it came in bursts. I had to start, you know, rewarding myself. Like, okay, well, you can go to your favorite coffee shop and have a really nice sandwich if you will write for an hour. So I had to, you know, trick myself <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because it's quite a lonely process writing a book. But it was also a deep catharsis for me to to write to write it all down. And I hand wrote most of it because then it really flows from your heart. And uh, you know, especially the earlier stages, the earlier chapters. I cried a lot writing it, so it was very, very healing for me. Um, and I opted for partnership publishing because I know I, I like to have, um, I didn't want to feel like I submit my manuscript and then it goes into a black hole to be produced as something that, well, I don't like the cover or why did you edit that bit? So uh, the partnership publishing means that I had some skin in the game, but you have a very professional publishing outfit behind you so it was professionally proofread edited um typeset so i've learned a lot about publishing so again if your listeners need anything any help on that i've got loads on that and then it finally launched it's just over a year ago so it took six months from final manuscript to um publishing because it, it you know there's the edits and everything especially when you're you know although the professional editor has done it it comes back to you and then you review it so yeah, and it's been um, it's been a lovely project to work on, and I'm very I'm very thrilled to have brought it out in the world. But equally, you know, since it's been published, uh, you know, I've had the TED talk, I've had a second kidney transplant, we've had COVID nineteen. So this <laughs> oh man, like um, you know, the past year and a half, that, that there's definitely another book. There's definitely another book. So yeah. Oh, wow. well, we're excited to read it yeah. and we won't give updates after yeah. we read it. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get back on so we can talk about it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do, I'd love that. I, ho I hope you enjoy it and I hope, you know, even if it's just a couple of pearls that you get for yourself, um, that, that that's great because I, I deliberately wrote it to, and, and this was such an amazing piece of advice I got from my first editor. She said, and it's, you know, it's quite a hard piece of advice to hear, especially when you're writing your own personal story. The book isn't about you, about you, it's about your reader. So 
okay, I've got to really write this and think about my reader who's reading it. Um, and 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 that's that's really important, isn't it? Well, you'll know, you know, when you're producing content, it has to be about about the people you're wanting to reach and serve. Uh, and of course, your your personality is going to be in it, but um, that there's something bigger to to what you're to what you're doing. Um, yeah, and again, you never know who you don't know who's going to read it. You don't know how it's going to land for people. Well, I'm extremely excited. I'm confident there's going to be a lot of messages in there for me. I, I like took <laughs> notes from your TED talk. Just some of the, yeah, the stuff you were saying, like the things that stood out. Um, so I'm sure it's going to be really awesome. I think uh, one, one of the things I thought was very powerful that you said, you were talking about how you were working with um, these medical students. And then one of them said, it's so easy to forget yourself. And then you you go on, you say, let us remind each other often of our humanity and the possibilities that dwell in each and every one of us. And I thought that was so powerful. So I'm like, I feel like your book is going to be filled with that type of stuff that you're probably not even aware of that you put in there that will really resonate. So oh, yeah. thank you. I know. Extremely confident. Mm-hmm. We're going to get that scheduled after we read. <laughs> yes, please do. I would absolutely oh, love to. I, I really and enjoyed talking to you. You. I, I have loved talking to you. You are so refreshing, and I'm truly humbled. Um, by our feedback, honestly, I could I could cry. I feel like a lump in my throat. I feel I just feel really, really touched, and I'm I'm just so happy that we connected. I Me really, too. really am. And I, I like just this whole conversation. Um, I feel like the universe has really given us a lot of messages. Um, yeah. Through this conversation, a lot, yeah, a lot. Really it's like we're getting yelled at. Like, here you go. Yeah. This is what you have to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we'll definitely um, link your book and then um, it's the TED Talk, your TED Talk, yeah. the website after this, and then you do yoga classes. Remember, you'd mentioned how you wanted yoga and all of that to be more accessible to everybody, and that's something I really uh, appreciate because I feel like a lot of these teachings and stuff should be accessible, and people feel like. It's not sometimes, just especially like in the Western world, we think it, you know, you're not yeah. kind of raised with that type of thinking. Yeah. Um, so we can also link that as well where people can find you if you would like. Yeah. I mean, but the website, thank you so much for sharing those resources. And I, and I hope your listeners resonate. And, and please, you know, for your listeners, I'm very happy, you know, if you want to interact with me on Twitter at Holy Aligned and all, I, I love hearing from people. I really do. Um, so if you know if you've got questions that that I can help with, that's completely fine. I, I normally have my online classes, and I need to get better at this in terms of having a proper booking system and this kind of thing. But uh, what what might be an idea? It's just come to me actually because I, I the two community classes that I was running. Obviously, we can't keep them going. Both of them happen in in church halls. Mm. Um, at the moment. So that you know that will happen again, but. And for the people whose email address I had, we've you know there's about 20, 25 of us that come together once a week, um, and that that's a community class that I've just been running since lockdown. But I wonder if because um, it's morning time in the UK, I wonder if maybe we can plant a seed to do a community class that will work for US time, and we just have some way. I don't know. I'm just planting a seed, but that we can do something for those who are interested and curious because um you know there's much more dialogue happening um around the social injustices of yoga and that it is very you know there has been a lot of white supremacy around it 
Um, and to, you know, to really, and what I've seen from the community classes, and living in South London, it's a very rich, diverse community, and that's what I want to see in my classes. And the community classes give me that, which is just amazing. And the love that I get for those classes, and I think they allow me to show up more fully as who I am, it's been such medicine. They were just all so thrilled when my book came out. They were so thrilled when I have had my kidney transplant. So it was really, we were we were able to just, you know, be honest with each other. And that's, that's what yoga is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be an awkward, uh, you know, so it's not, if you teach in a student, it's one of the reasons I don't do it. Um, you know, you might get a muffled, thanks very much, when somebody <laughs> walks out of your class. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get, whereas with this one, and, you know, it's just people come up and you just have a good old chat and, you know, one lady, she she writes poetry, and but she's very shy, and and she said, oh, I, I you know, this, I thought that maybe you, you could read this out. Mm. I'd love to do that. And people, it was a beautiful poem. So that's community that you come together and you share what everyone's doing, and and just to, you know, remind people if if you just need to lie down in shavasana, in like just lie down on your back, uh, if that's your practice for today, amazing. That mm. means you've honored yourself and that's all good so um yeah I definitely want to do more more in the community realm um so yeah I, I need to kind of have a have a have more of a think about how to do that as well uh because the Sunday sessions that I run that are they're on a paid basis but again they're on a UK morning time mm-hmm. so uh, I am going to be doing an online course at some point in the near future so that's that's an that's another thing um, but we can, you know, we can keep in touch and perhaps, you know, come up with, with an idea. Oh, well. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to do that because that the, these we learn through conversation. It's the only way. And I think people get caught up in, oh, I can't approach that person or I don't know. It's like, do, you know? Yeah. I, I, you it's know, a fear, it's a fear of the unknown that holds people back. Yes. It is. That's it. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how someone's going to react. And we get so caught up in our heads that we create these stories like they're not going to like me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that holds people back. So break through that fear, people. Yeah. <laughs> well, see a bit of motivation there. <laughs> that's it. Break down to break through. I'm excited. Excited to read this. Excited. For, I'm happy this conversation. I'm excited for the future conversations and connections. This is amazing. I know. You know, thank you <laughs> so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Muchas gratitude, so much, so much thank yous and so much love. Um, yeah, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Okay, so now it's time for Reiki. As usual, at the end of every podcast, we like to send our listeners some distant Reiki. Uh, we advise that you do not drive or operate any vehicles during this mini Reiki session because Reiki sometimes can make you sleepy. So for this session. All you have to do is sit back, relax, and be open to receiving the energies. We like our clients to meditate, but you don't have to. You'll still get the Reiki energy. Um, the music will change, and when the music stops, the Reiki session has ended. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.